This show is proudly sponsored by Coinspot.com.au, with the largest range of cryptocurrencies anywhere in the Australian market. With an updated verification process, you can now be verified using only your driver's license or passport within seconds. You can instantly deposit funds and instantly start buying and selling your favorite cryptocurrencies in under five minutes. Coinspot are giving away $10 worth of free Bitcoin for each verified user once they make their first deposit. Just go to coinspot.com.au forward slash BTC123. The Trader Cobb Crypto Show, talking business in blockchain. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Trader Cobb Crypto Show. Today's guest, you're probably no stranger to it. It's another amazing Australian. Well, that would potentially mean that I'm saying that I'm an amazing Australian, but it's Naomi Brockwell of Naomi Brockwell TV. Thanks for being on the show today with us. Thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful, uh, wonderful to be back on here. Yeah, so you've been having a lot going on in the last month or so, as have I, but I want to know what you've been up to. Touching on Naomi Brockwell TV, I mean, you've obviously had some great guests and you've, uh, you've we just had a quick chat, you've done a bit of travel. What's going on right now in the world of Naomi Brockwell TV that's really exciting? The world of Naomi Brockwell TV. Um, so, so lots, lots of things actually. So a lot of travel in the last month as usual. I tend to MC a lot of conferences. Um, I actually, earlier in the month I was at in New Zealand for Blockchain South and that was awesome. And then I just got back from Mexico from the, uh, Contra cruise, which was, was pretty fun as well. So I, uh, yeah, maybe I'll start with New Zealand. Yeah. Kick off with that. Across the ditch, our friends. That was fascinating. So to start off with, the conference was amazing. It was like one of these experiences where it was it was an invite only conference, and it was in Queenstown at this incredible picturesque like resort that I feel like it was designed by Disney. It just had everything to perfection. You know, it had the pond with the white ducks swimming across it, and then you know the building with like the water wheel and the you know round bridges and it surrounded by snow capped mountains and green hills. And I just oh, it was absolutely incredible to just wake up there every day. Is it called like Saint something? Is it the name of the hotel Saint something? Oh, this one. Gosh, I um, I, I can't, I can't even remember. Like, you, you're explaining a place I stayed, and I, I, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's the one. Maybe it's, it's I can't remember the the, the last part. Oh, anyway, gosh, lots of people who go to Queensland snowboarding, you'll you'll know the one. Oh, it's yeah, it's so <laughs> lovely. But um, but this conference, like, what I loved about this conference was it was really intimate and everyone has stayed on site. So like a lot of the times you find with conferences, people kind of come in, they'll go to the venue and then they'll all go home for dinner or, you know, they'll all go back to their hotel rooms or whatever. Um, and this, you know, th- there was nowhere nearby where people could trek off to for dinner. There was nowhere nearby that people could head off to do other things. So everyone just kind of stayed on campus and they had these great activities like through the night, we went wine tasting, we had dinners. Um, and so it was just like this really lovely event with great people. So I had such a great time. But then at the other side of things, it was right when the New Zealand government announced that if you don't hand over your password and, and PIN at the airport when required, 
they will fine you $5,000 and confiscate your device and do a, like a forensic test on it. And that kind of like, it kind of blew my mind because I was in New Zealand uh, under the impression that this was a great place that was treating cryptocurrency. Freedom. Yeah, exactly. You hear that. You hear like New Zealand, third on the economic freedom index. It's really free and great. And, you know, on the one hand, it is. On the one hand, their regulation towards cryptocurrency does seem really great and they seem very encouraging and there are lots of great companies based there. And then on the other hand, they're doing things like this that just makes me never want to visit the country, you know? So it's like the left hand's <laughs> not talking to the right hand there. And I don't quite know how to feel about it because I love New Zealand. I love the people there. Um, I, I love the landscape there. I, I really like the policies that the government has historically um, uh, taken and, and implemented. But if this is the direction it's taking, it's sort of a similar direction to the one that Australia is taking with their backdoors and encryption devices that it's in encouraging. You know, it just, it, it is really troubling as someone who works in the tech space full time. Yeah, it's kind of a slap in the face, isn't it? I'm, I'm with you on that. I mean, they, they've got a lot of great laws over there. Uh, I mean, my partner's from uh, from Wellington and they're there right now with my kids. That's why I sound so happy because I've had some sleep. Um, but, <laughs> you, <laughs> but the, uh, the, you know, you're quite right. On, on the one hand, you're like, oh, utopia. On the other, you're like, oh, the devil. It's like, what are you – you know what's going on, NZ. You know, can we can we just you know be the cool bro country that has one good sporting team and everything else there? You know, <laughs> mediocre at. But you know, can we not just have that as our little? Well, if all goes to shit, we'll go to New Zealand. You know, you, you're turning away from that. That was always my backup. You know, I was like, okay, as an Australian, I could I could live in New Zealand, and it's really economically free. It's a great place to start a business, from what I've heard. No it's one's going to attack you. Beautiful. No one's going to attack me. And now I'm like, oh, my God, if I go there, I have the Australian government breathing down my bank with their surveillance state. And then I have the New Zealand government demanding that I hand over, like, my entire digital life, which, let's face it, is my entire life these days because we don't live too much of the real world. And, you know, my entire world is digital videos, digital social media. Um, and so it's it's kind of scary to think that, that, that other people have the capacity to be so invasive into my life. And, um, and so, yeah, I think that that has gotten crossed off as the, as the last resort. You know, if the whole world collapses, at least New Zealand will be a stronghold. It does seem like Australia and New Zealand have both been implementing some strange digital policies that, that really do worry me. One of the good things about New Zealand and Australia is, though, is there are parts where you can literally disappear. So provided you don't want to leave and <laughs> you don't have to go through the airport, <laughs> they can't find you. <laughs> well, you know what? It's like everyone has that argument in the States. They say, oh, if you don't like the rules, go live in the forest or whatever. But you have the governments here in the States literally binding people and jailing people for living off the grid. People will own a plot of land. It'll literally be theirs, but they will get fined or jailed for using generators, for not connecting to you know, the, um, the, grid. This, the infrastructure provided by the state. They don't want people living off the grid. They want people participating and they want to charge them for that privilege. And people who do just want to, I, listen, I just want to have a tent on my property. I don't want electricity. I don't want, you know, people, it seems that people don't have the choice to just opt out anymore. And that, that is worrying as well. Hang on, but isn't it the land of the free? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. But I heard that too. I heard that. I'm still trying to look for that uh, freedom. Haven't, haven't quite found it yet, but... <laughs>
Well, look, I won't dive too deep into that because we have a lot of Americans that listen to the show. And hi to all the Americans out there. We love you and I hope you're safe. Yeah, I've lived in New York for for eight years now, and I know firsthand how suffocating um, the regulatory world can be. They literally killed cryptocurrency in New York with the bit license. I was at the hearings, I think it was 2014 or 2013, when uh, they went on, and Ben Lorsky, the architect of the of the um, bit license, I mean, he literally said that he would rather see one. You know, even if it means um, that he, he kills a thousand blooming flowers, uh, if he gets to shut down one bad actor, it's worth it to him. And for me, that was shocking because a thousand, a thousand blooming companies, a thousand potential for bettering humanity, a thousand, you know, people who are creating jobs and prosperity and, and creating new innovation and trying to make, make the world better. Yeah, he would shut that down just to, just to get rid of one, one bad actor. And I, you know, and then he goes around and, and he leaves, leaves the regulatory field goes straight onto the board of Ripple and uh, <laughs> and uh, it's just kind of this awful revolving door of, of cronyism that I, it just makes me so angry. So I, I love living in America, but I'm so sad that New York, which used to be the financial centre of the world, didn't recognise that, you know, stifling this innovation was going to be the the death knell for it being you know the center of that financial world because i think the financial world's shifting i think it's moving towards digital currencies it's moving towards cryptocurrency this is a thing they're not going to stop and instead they just pushed all these countries out into other states and potentially other countries so it's you know it, it has what's coming to it well let me tell you something i was in dubai recently and i know that they are very actively pursuing making homes for blockchain companies to make it very comfortable they're even sort of tucking you in at night it's that good yeah. over there they really are trying to uh, lead the world they've got a plan a vision for that city until 2072 and the place is just going up like a mad 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 meccano set it happens so quickly they, they really are driving forward and i tell you what they note and what they notice is that others are too slow now in a country like dubai and the same with china if they so wish to be they kind of just do what they want Okay, they don't, they don't go, let's take four-year terms and go, right, what can we get through and what can we not do and what are we going to talk about right now to get votes? They actually go, there is no voting. Screw you. We're the leaders. We're the rulers. You follow us. We're doing a damn good job. We're giving you guys a life. We don't need to do any of this. We're oil trillionaires, but we are, and you're on board, and you stick to the rules, and you do the right thing, and you will do well if you want to. It's an opportunity that, they're being, that they are giving to their people and their people are embracing it from what I can tell anyway. I'm sure that there's, you know, there's two sides to that coin. But they're very open to blockchain and the event that I was at talking about events, as you said, with New Zealand, was a professional event. The average age was about 45. The people in the crowd were business people trying to implement blockchain or at least understand how they may be able to implement blockchain because business is business with or without blockchain and every business is looking for ways to uh, optimize what they do, whether that be to minimize costs, maximize their returns, uh, or, or just be more efficient. And, and effectively, efficiency equals better profits long medium and short term. So they're really, really proactive. New York's obviously missed out on that. But, you know, a global race to the top would be nice rather than a global race to the bottom. So <laughs> Absolutely. And you raised such a good point about uh, the need for governments to act fast, to be nimble, to be flexible. Because it's funny, when I was in, in Puerto Rico in the, I think it was the middle of this year, and um, and 
we were t- hearing from all kinds of heads of government and they were saying like it all sounded very positive like all these conferences when you hear from the head of states they uh, heads of state I guess would be the right way of saying it um, they all kind of talk in this very positive rhetoric and seem open-minded and yes you know companies come talk to us and we're looking into this but what struck me was in Puerto Rico and everyone's saying, well, we want Puerto Rico to be the bastion of, of crypto tech, the same way that, you know, we want Malta to be or we want Gibraltar to be. And they're all saying it. And in Puerto Rico, the head, head of, uh, I can't remember which department he was, but um, but he was one very high up official who was saying, listen, we are following all of this very closely and we are watching very closely and we are looking for ways to, you know, become the centre of this. And someone pointed out quite rightly that, if they're sitting there watching, if they're sitting there waiting for other countries to, you know, to do the right thing and yeah, they've got to follow the lead, um, they're absolutely waiting too long. They're doing the absolute wrong thing because this isn't a world where people will just stop and wait. This is a world where people, like, the it moves at lightning speed. New technologies are being uh, built every single day. New companies, like every conference I MC, I hear about something new and innovative and groundbreaking that's going on and I'm like, oh, my God, I, I am no idea you know I, I think that my ears to the ground and I'm keeping up with everything but it just moves so fast so if a country is saying oh you know in true politician style oh we'll wait we'll take it very slowly and uh you know we're we're very keen to observe for a while it's like mm, no you missed the boat there if a country wants to become the center of this new financial world they need to act fast they need to act you know with with confidence and try things out because other there are places around the world that aren't going to wait and maybe Dubai is one of them. Well, the problem with leaders these days is they rarely lead. They often uh, follow from behind. Uh, you know, we elect this. I mean, look, we have it bad in Australia. Um, you know, we go, we want you as our leader. And then the team goes, oh, no, but we don't want you as our leader. And, the, and then, <laughs> then, that, then that leader goes, well, I've got to do what the party says because I don't want to lose my job. And you go, well, hang on, mate. You were there to do a job and you're not doing it because your job was to stand there and go, hey, guys, shut up. This is what we're doing. Yes, I've listened to what you're saying, but we're sticking to the plan and you need to get on board of that plan. Otherwise, you're gone because I'm the leader and that's how we roll. And and there's, I know it can't be quite, you know, I know they need a position they're like crap, but at the end of the day, it is just crap. It's utter nonsense. They're just not doing. They're, they're, the whole thing about politicians in Australia at the moment is about positioning to stay in power. And that's oh, not I what a leader it's is. It's, it, it's about doing what's right for the country and you're going to have people that don't like you and disagree with you and look they can vote you out next time but you know we're not getting we're basically going and you know buying a coke and getting a bottle of water and we're going hang on a sec the water's better for me i suppose that was a really bad analogy because you know, a bad analogy well it reminds me of it reminds me of um you know the the quiz show that you were on on my channel and uh and andrew actually his uh i, I got you guys to pitch your terrible cryptocurrencies <laughs> you know the one the yeah. worst cryptocurrency you can think of and andrew's one that he put forward was bureaucracy coin and he says you know we'll take your money and we'll spend it on a group of people that will just sit around and talk and create this really complex infrastructure um that just makes you know like Achieve co- nothing. complicated yeah. things even more complicated and they'll have meetings about meetings about meetings and i feel like so often in politics that's exactly what it is you know it's it's you give them the money and and for every dollar you give them you probably get like 10 cents worth of value back from it and the rest is just sp- it's spent on this you know 
um, positing to represent the people, but then, you know, just kowtowing to the rest of your party or just this inefficient bureaucracy that doesn't do anything or you know it spends the money that could have been put to better use and they just spend it on on inefficient things that tend to make things worse than than when we started so it just it really yeah it really does make me so disillusioned well as they'd say in the uh, in the party rooms here here naomi here here (laughs) (laughs) so let's get away from that and talk about some other exciting things that are happening because i know that you are working on some really cool stuff you've been interviewing some really cool people can you let us just know if there's anything really exciting coming up for you. Oh, there always is. There's uh, there's always exciting. So, I mean, I, I believe I spoke to you before about the Hard Fork series, yes. which is a television show that I'm producing at the moment. So, we, I mean, I can't speak too much about it, but things are moving ahead there and I'm just so excited about the direction it's going in. Like, I just... Um, we had some great meetings over the past month and it seems that the world is just absolutely going gangbusters for the idea of a, a crypto thriller coming out. And what's more, one where the narrative is controlled by people who are actually in the industry. Like I am so sick of watching the way that the mainstream media just constantly um, just the, the way they report on crypto, it's a disaster. They they don't generally know what they're talking about. There are some good outlets within the crypto space, but if you're going to be looking at one of the you know, big newspapers or big TV shows, they all just talk about the same thing. Like I only ever get invited onto television when there's been a price boom, right? And all they want to know is is about the price. And it's like, oh my gosh, you're missing the point. This is a, a an amazing freedom enabling technology that is helping people all over the world in all kinds of ways. Let's talk about that. Or, you know, let's talk about some of the more interesting facets of it. So with this TV show, I mean, I'm, I'm so excited uh, about what's going to be coming up in the next month or so. Maybe the next time I come on the show, I can, I can elaborate a little bit. But if people want to know more about the series, then they're welcome to go to hardforkentertainment.io and, uh, and they, can, they can look at where we're at at the moment. But things are definitely getting exciting there. It sure is on this side of the pond and your side of the pond. I can't talk about it, but I can't wait to talk about it. And you can't talk about <laughs> it, and I can't wait to hear about it. But there's lots going on. There's, there is definitely a demand for more in the space. And look, the good thing is, is you know, everybody that's actually come in and researched and looked at this properly, they're all going whoa okay and there's a lot of building being done right now a lot a lot a lot of building being done now whether that be a building on the blockchain or building things around uh, the blockchain what's coming and what's going to happen uh, it's really really starting to uh, gain a lot of momentum and we are in the right place at the right time i don't just mean you and i naomi i mean all the listeners on this show too it's just so exciting um, talking to people and they'll say, oh, well, I missed the boat. And I have to remind them, you are so early. This is like early, early days of We're this amazing tech. Boat. So, yeah, exactly. Like I, I mean, I'm, I'm so optimistic uh, right now. And I, do, I mean, I actually just got back from a cruise. So maybe that's why I'm so optimistic. <laughs> like <laughs> it's always nice being on a cruise. So I was just on the, um, the Contra Krugman cruise. Do you, have, have you ever listened to the Contra Krugman podcast? No, I have not. It's, it's an economics podcast run by uh, Tom Woods and Robert Murphy. And 
every single week they just um, dispute things that Krugman has said that way. Paul Krugman, he's a Nobel Prize winning economist. He writes for the uh, New York Times and he just says the dumbest things. But anyway, he hates crypto so much. I actually had a quiz show while we were on the cruise. I had a segment saying, was this quote said by Krugman about Bitcoin or Donald Trump about China? And it was <laughs> it was good fun. Um, but that was, yeah, that was really great being with people who are very crypto friendly and very economically literate. The whole cruise was just about talking economics, um, talking about, you know, looking at the way interest rates have been. Um, since the housing crash, you'd wonder, like, do we have another giant crash ahead of us? And if that happens, is crypto going to help at all? You know, is it going to be different this time because we have an alternative money people can can buy into? You know, it's very difficult to exchange money and to transfer it from one form to another, but cryptocurrency makes it so easy. So it's like just asking and debating those questions with, with smart and fun people was just a really great time. I bet. I mean, it, that's the thing. An intelligent audience with an open mind tends to go, tends to see what this space has to offer. And then you've got the other people that I call the dinosaurs, and they go, "Nope, it'll never work." Why? Because we've done this for years. It's like, okay, mate. If, if, that's, if that's your best, if that's your best reason as to why technology won't continue to grow, then mate, you're going to look like a complete idiot in a few years' time. As a matter of fact, you look like a complete idiot now. The only <laughs> people you don't look like an idiot to are the rest of the people in the comments going, here, here, good sir, here, here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. But, it's yeah, it was it was a really fun trip. We went to um, all on the west coast of uh, of the US and down to Mexico, and it was a week just with, you know, open-minded liberty loving crypto loving people so that was that was pretty awesome um and yeah like i i recommend it if anyone is is looking for like a fun thing a fun getaway but also something that's stimulating it was it was a good time i'm looking for a getaway to get away to get away to not be stimulated to sleep and to relax and to look at stars and sleep in a swag. Uh, that's, that's, that's what I'm looking for, a break, a break from all this technology. But it's coming. It's coming. Uh, and who else have you been interviewing? I know you, you get some pretty cool guests and, um, you know, you, you have some good conversations with good people. Who have you had on lately that's been, uh, that's been pretty cool? So the last uh, last episode I put out was with Patrick Byrne, who's the CEO of Overstock. Now, see, Overstock was like the first major retailer to accept Bitcoin back in, gosh, was it twenty twelve? Wow. I think it was. It was it was amazing. Like it, they they predicted, you know, maybe a company worth um, one million will will accept it by this date, and then by the next year, maybe a company worth five million, then the next year, a company worth ten million. They were kind of, you know, they were prophesizing what the adoption for Bitcoin was going to be. And then this company worth like, what is it, $2 billion or something, comes along and says, oh, we'll accept cryptocurrency. And it just was, it was incredible. Like I bought so many things off um, of Overstock using cryptocurrency because back in the day, you know, it was it was one of the only places where you could get it. But it was such a major place that you could get anything you wanted. Like the, the, I have a, a couch in my apartment that I paid for with Bitcoin from from Overstock. <laughs> Patrick was great. Um, he's always like a big supporter of cryptocurrency. Some of his team have actually been working on on Ravencoin, and and obviously he's right at the heart of what's going on in crypto at the moment. He's looking at putting property titles. Um, um, 
on the blockchain. He's, uh, I mean, he's always been a, a loud spokesperson against the traditional financial system as well, about the corruption involved there, about the corruption of central banks. So it was a great time chatting with him. Uh, probably an area where I, I do disagree with him is he, he likes the idea of KYC in the crypto industry. Um, I, I have trouble coming to terms with that because I see Bitcoin as being an alternative to having to give all of your information away and to identity theft and, and all of that stuff. I see it as a tool for financial autonomy and financial privacy. Um, but he just made some, he made some great points all around about other things and uh, very, very grateful to chat with him. Yeah, it's, um, it's just so cool to be able to speak with people that, you know, I can say, I don't know about you, but that are smarter than me. <laughs> I'm here to learn. I'm here to educate. That's that's two things that I'm here to do. I'm here to learn more and I'm here to educate others on what I learn. And this is what this podcast is about. And this is what my courses are about. It's all about education. So to be able to speak with people that I'm like, dude, yeah, what about this? And they're like, and you go, oh man, that's awesome. I'm actually there with the listener learning at the same time. You know, we're in a really fascinating position and an amazing technology and it's so much fun. Um, sometimes it blows my mind. Like sometimes I'm like, dude, that was whoa. Like, what, what did you say? That was whoa. Yes. Like, pass me the fan. I'm, I need to cool down on that one. You know, two interviews that I, I posted recently that did that to me. Um, so I've actually, I've been going through my archives. So I've been making videos about crypto since 2013. And the problem with back then was I had a full-time job. Um, now I'm doing this full-time. I'm releasing videos full-time, have my show full-time. But back in the day, I was you know, employed by someone else full-time. So I'd find myself at all these conferences, interviewing all these awesome people, and I just never released the footage. So I recently started going through my archives, trying to find what's there. So in the past, uh, past two weeks, I've released, uh, one of them was an interview with Charles Hoskinson. Uh, so he's one of the co-founders of Ethereum. He's the CEO of Cardano, the, the creator of that. And just interviewing him, I interviewed him a, a year before Ethereum was launched. So that was Whoa. fascinating to go back there and listen to what he had to say back then was awesome. And uh, and Vitalik, I interviewed him in 2014, huh. again, a year, a year before Ethereum launched. And I also posted a presentation that Vitalik gave explaining to people what Ethereum was. So... I remember being at the Toronto Bitcoin convention when I shot both of these interviews and the, at the convention, that was the first time I really started to look into Ethereum. Like I'd heard the name around, but this conference, everyone was using the phrase, you know, Bitcoin 2.0, what's going to be the next thing? And that was, that was what people were saying. And then um, like Ethereum was just on everyone's lips at this conference. Vitalik gave a presentation explaining what Ethereum is. Um, and so I posted the presentation and then I posted an interview with Vitalik talking about side chains, talking about where he sees Ethereum going. And it's actually fascinating because it's, it, I mean, it's not far off the mark what he's predicting. He's saying things like, you know, I, don't, I would love it if Ethereum just faded into the background. I yeah. want it to be a tool for others to build things on, but I want it to be like, you know, um, uh, 
TCPIP or like some sort of underlying protocol we use on the on the internet that no one really knew, knows that they're using it. Yeah. It just works, you know. And the exciting thing is what happens on top. So he was saying that all the way back in 2014. So that was that's also been fascinating to be digging through my archives and uh, and pulling out some of these. So I got a few more of those to come. I, I've just started to dig deep into the <laughs> into the hard drives. Um, <laughs> but that was that, like talking about having a mind blown by people smarter than you, like wow going back over those interviews was just awesome and there's you know then there's me like young and naive and and not really knowing what I'm doing and and you know Vitalik will say something and I'll kind of laugh along as if I under, understand yeah, the joke yeah. right and I watch it back and I'll, I'll I'll understand it now but I'm thinking Naomi you had no idea what he was talking about <laughs> <laughs> I hear you on that uh, there are there are moments like that that we we just have to roll with the punches and uh, go that one day that'll make sense to me <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, not a, I'm not an expert in this space. Uh, that's I've never claimed to be. I, I, I'm an expert trader. I can definitely do that. But uh, I'm still learning every single day in this space. And uh, I think everybody who's in here heavily is doing the same. It's, it's an amazing place to be. And you're an amazing source of information, content, and entertainment, Naomi. So where can everybody find out more about what you do? So if they go to my YouTube channel, Naomi Brockwell TV, and I put out a new video every day, so uh, you can go and head there. I do a lot of live streams. I do some fun quiz shows. I do a weekly crypto recap for the news. And actually, this week, uh, you will be featured on the re- weekly uh, news recap. Ooh, so I'm very excited about yes, that. Yes, Saturday morning. It's in the Daylight Diary. Can't wait. It's going to be fun. Uh, but, yeah, so my YouTube is the best place to go. Otherwise, my Twitter is at Naomi Brockwell. Naomi is doing a lot of great stuff in this space and laughing as she brings us her amazing content. It's always a pleasure having you on the show. I wish you all the best going forward, and I'll speak to you again very soon. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks so much. Cheers, guys. Bye for now. The Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast is hosted by Craig Cobb. All Trader Cobb courses, products, and tools can be found at tradercobb.com because experience matters. This show is proudly sponsored by coinspot.com.au with the largest range of cryptocurrencies anywhere in the Australian market. With an updated verification process, you can now be verified using only your driver's license or passport within seconds. You can instantly deposit funds and instantly start buying and selling your favorite cryptocurrencies in under five minutes. Coinspot are giving away $10 worth of free Bitcoin for each verified user once they make their first deposit. Just go to coinspot.com.au forward slash BTC123. Views are of the advertiser, not Trader Cobb or the audio presenter.